get to the late night joke off, which I always look forward to. I don't know why. I'm always disappointed by it. Hard to say. We just indulge you. You ask for it. We say, huh? We roll our eyes. Here it's like, it like store-bought apple pies. I always look forward to them. I'm always disappointed. Oh, that's a good example. Why do I even try? That's I don't a know. really good example. Keep trying. Like, all of a sudden, magically, it won't taste like crap. They don't have that weird consistency. Yeah. Yeah. What if this one's good, though? Yeah. <laughs> God, so I'm, I'm on this uh, kick once again. I wish I could just commit to it like maybe some of you do for your whole life, but I don't. Um, I'm on this kick of trying not to take in as much sugar ah. after Friday's donut, donut apocalypse. Hmm. Um, but my six-year-old, he knows my weakness. Uh-oh. So I get home yesterday from lunch. Great day. Almost, I think I took in three grams of sugar by the time I'd gotten home uh, yesterday at noon. And uh, he said, Dad, I know your weakness. Guess what we got at the store? And he carried out an apple pie. Oh, no. He said, I know apple pie is your weakness. Oh, no. And he's right. He's going to be working for that Cambridge Analytica before you know it. <laughs> Why is my it's my yeah, kryptonite, man? Mean the governor of California swore at me. We'll have the details coming up. Stay with us. And I asked this question a few minutes ago, so I'm going to pay it off. What percentage of millennials fully expect the next generation to develop emotional relationships with the robots that serve them? So this is the whole um, uh, artificial intelligence. They look exactly like humans with human facial expressions. They learn what you like and, and what makes you happy and all that sort of stuff. God help us. Back to you. 68% of millennials Ooh. fully expect the next generation to have emotional relationships with, with, you know, with artificial stuff. Wow. That's troubling. I think it's probably true. That's just like a Facebook friend isn't a friend and online interaction isn't interaction. As we become a weirder and weirder species, well, you can't you can't help your brain if something looks exactly like a human, responds like a human, uh, picks up on the cues of what makes you happy and sad, likes a human. Why wouldn't you develop a relationship with it? All right, so here's a devil's advocate question against my own point of view. Do we have time for this? You want to do it or no? I don't. Care. I got all day. All right. Um. So, uh, my uh, my workhorse guitar, my Telecaster. If that... I pronounce it Telecaster. <clears throat> well, you are a Brit or something. So anyway, uh, if that were somehow in some crazy mix-up thrown in a wood chipper, that would break my heart and mm. not because I like the feel of it and the sounds that come out of it are the sounds I want to come out with it. Uh, of it. I, I, oh, my God. I might cry. I love that guitar. Why? Why do I love that guitar? Because it's brought me pleasure, or some. So, if yeah, something there's... looks, talks, feels, smells like a human, you know, I don't know how you'd fight it. Right, fight it. Well, that's something to look forward to. I hope I live long enough to get to enjoy people having emotional relationships with computers. I will wish for death when that's <laughs> happening. When everything that's happening now, plus that that happens. I don't know. We actually have... I hope to think... I, I'd like to think I'll just vanish into the woods and, and watch the squirrels cavort. We actually have too much good stuff today, because I, I feel like we keep having to hurry through good stuff to get right. to different good stuff, which right. is a weird thing to do. So we've got the uh, the mainstreaming of mental illness, which I think is a good thing. I, I, I think it is, too. From Saturday Night Live coming up in a bit, but we got a late-night joke-off where uh, some topic is big enough that all your late-night comedians take a swing at it, and this particular... Uh, case it was Putin winning his uh, his election in Russia. I will grade each joke, and the lowest score will be banned for life from the world of humor. Sean? The Russian presidential election was this weekend, 
And I saw that. Yeah, Putin won. Uh, and I, <laughs> to get people to vote, Russian officials were offering prizes like Apple watches. Sounds fun until you open the box with your Apple watch and it's still attached to a hand. And you go, oh, this is, still works. Vladimir Putin has been re-elected to a fourth term as president of Russia. That was a big surprise, yeah. The final vote tally was 76% for Putin, 24% shot this morning. Wow. Congratulations to Trump's BFF, Vladimir Putin, who was elected yesterday for his fourth term as president of Russia. He won in a landslide. His opponents coincidentally died in a landslide, all of them. <laughs> Russian President Vladimir Putin was elected yesterday to his fourth term in office. Putin handedly beat his closest rival, a poisoned corpse. <laughs> well, I think wow. we all understand the really interesting theme there. Mm. Is that just everybody fully accepts that he's a murderous dictator now. I mean, right. it's just such a known, you start with that pr- accepted premise. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Uh, Kimmel, banned for life again with a B minus. I mean, it was a decent enough joke. He couldn't pass up a shot at Trump. Uh, and and also, the punchline just wasn't as good as the other ones. Uh, Fallon Myers tying with A pluses, getting guffaws from me. Your, uh, your judge. Oh, speaking of partisanship, um, final thought about our previous topic. The how you signal your tribal loyalty by saying something that's indefensible on the facts. You know, GMO foods are poison, or there are no Republicans on the Mueller commission, even though these are demonstrably false. Networks are doing that. MSNBC has realized that truth, and that is why they approach the news the way they do. The more out there... They report stuff they report. Hannity's like this, too. The more you're rock solid certain. Oh, they're with me, which makes you a loyal viewer. That's why they're doing that. Well, Trump just hired a lawyer who uh, says some pretty out there stuff on Fox. And, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah he's doing the same thing. We we'll, got to go with his greatest hits. We'll get into that later. So what should we We got like a, a minute or so. Maybe we'll have to put off the mental health thing. I got a few texts on topics we've talked about that are probably worth hitting on and i could talk about inert gas asphyxiation as much as you want because okay i'm an advocate of that for you know convicted murderers uh yes and, and my opponents andrew mccabe I'm sorry was that out loud andrew Did mccabe is going to get his pension just not the enhanced benefits of the pension for uh, all his time served as you mentioned earlier that, that's just unbelievable to me that you get to as an fbi agent as a guy who was the director briefly of the fbi um you get to lie and still get my taxpayer money. You get drummed out for lying. By your own agency. Understand this. Speaking of watching MSNBC, the FBI Inspector General recommended he be fired. And their report will be forthcoming. Is forthcoming. It will not. Will be. That's redundant. <laughs> eh, well. You know. I show no mercy to myself, Jack. As a grammar national socialist, I can't afford that luxury. We speak rather than write. Um, you know, I had more texts, but where are they? I prefer if self-driving cars don't stop for jaywalkers. It might finally stop all the jaywalking in my neighborhood. That is a, uh, over 5,000 pedestrians are killed every year. According to this texture, that might be wildly off. I don't I'm know. I'm prepared to trust that statistic. Um, it sounds right-ish. Sure. Um, th- that's truthy. You posed the question to our guest about the, because somebody got run over by a self-driving car yesterday. I think that's the first time and that's killed. happened. And killed. Um... How much, how much uh, threat of injury should I put myself in for somebody who 
just walks across the road randomly in the dark. How much am I supposed to do? In my real life, I, I would probably slam on the brakes just as a reaction. I have fairly recently. But uh, I'm not sure that's a good idea. One time I hit a one time a deer jumped out in front of me on the highway on the interstate uh, when I was young, and I slammed on the brakes and I went into a spin on the interstate, and I'm lucky I wasn't killed. Mm. It's just luck that I ended up in a ditch full of grass and didn't hit you know an abutment or something like that and die. Yeah, and I and I thought that was a stupid move. I was much better hitting off hitting that deer than hitting the brakes. And since then, with various animals, I've just like winced and. We got hit a- ABS now, though. That's all the difference in the world, isn't it? In terms of spinning out and I'm still depends not, on the I'm weather. Still not slamming on my brakes for an animal. Mm. Um, and do you do it for a pedestrian? Yes, you do. Sure, no yeah. matter what. Kid wiped out on his bike right in front of me, and I locked him well, up. I, I figured. <laughs> well, no, I'm not going to run over a child on his bicycle. He was like a teenager. How about the? How about a teenager? How, how about a 19 year, 21 year old? How about the drunk transient wearing all black? Steps out in front of you on a dark road in the middle of the night. You're going to slam on your brakes? Who knows what's sure, going to happen? Of course. No matter what. Yes. You think the computer should do that? Yeah, probably. Okay. Yeah. I That's mean, it's interesting. Yeah. So I no mean, matter what. If somebody hits it, well, what do you mean no matter what? I can't see the future. If there's like a slim possibility I get rear-ended, I run them down. No, I'm going to put on my brakes. What if it's rear-ended by a school bus filled with young children? All carrying a bomb. <laughs> then what do you do, Joe? Yeah, exactly. I don't know. That's I'm a tough hypothetical to, I'm right now. I'm afraid to drive now. It's a tough hypothetical. I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one. I suppose the computers will be set up to stop always. For well, how about for cats and dogs? Will the self-driving mm. cars stop for cats and dogs? Mm, yeah, I hit the brakes. You don't want to run over a dog. Well, if there's somebody right behind you, they're going to run into you. Uh huh. You're going to let them run into you, hope you don't get whiplash, your kid in the back seat doesn't get whiplash, to save the cat. I don't know. Maybe the person <laughs> behind me sees that I hit the brakes and they stop. Why are they so close that they can't stop? I don't know. They, they that's following too close. Failure to reduce speed to avoid an accident. I got ticketed for that that's one. That's not going to help me or my two-year-old's whiplash, though. The fact that they shouldn't have been so close. These are tough decisions. That's why we need to outsource them to the computers, so we don't have to make right. them. Right, which gets to the other argument. If every car is a is got the computer in it, then you wouldn't have that problem. They, then the car wouldn't be following you that close, and it wouldn't be texting. Right, completely unaware that you'd stopped or at a stop sign or a stop light. It would probably be sober. Probably, a friend of ours got the computer put in the hospital and screwed up for life. Stopped at a stoplight because somebody wasn't paying attention. So, right. Um, but I still stop at stoplights, even though that's you know a possibility. And would people fall in love with their uh, the computer in their self driving car? Quite possibly, develop emotional bond. You go out to the garage at night. Hey, in the future, uh, the mainstreaming of mental illness that's kind of happening on Saturday Night Live fits in with a grim statistic in the paper today. Uh, that, among other things, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience. Of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> Wait, some of you textures are funny. 
What if it's a person dressed like a dog crossing the road in front of you? What if it's a small child dressed as a cat? What would you do then? Wow. Do you break for squirrels or just cats? Um, what if it was that deer that almost wiped you out back in the day? Comes back. And you saw him on the street. What if it's a station wagon full of nuns, Jack? Um, my grandpa used to say if it's smaller than a cow, hit it. <laughs> the motorcycle rule is if you can if you can eat it in one sitting, don't break. <laughs> what? That's what? hilarious. What? Uh, that's funny. Um, if you can't eat it in one sitting, break it. I'm sure it's open. <laughs> you can't eat it. <laughs> that's funny. That is a good role for motorcyclists. So there's this guy on um, Saturday Night Live. He is a he's a stand-up comedian, and he's a regular on there. And they they, uh, they seem to have struggled to figure out how to use him for years. Pete Davidson, tall, skinny kid, really young. And um, he is talk, he's hinted at his mental health problems over the years, and now he just flat-out talks about it. And it's kind of like his whole thing mm. is, I'm mentally ill. Wow. Which I think is interesting. I don't recall another person in... Uh, in in pop culture being that really but uh here's a little bit from his desk piece during the news from saturday night so uh so last week kevin love uh one of the least hateable white guys on the planet uh he opened up about a panic attack he had during a basketball game and he said it opened his eyes to how no one should be too proud to talk to a mental health expert if they need it uh the article was commendable it was praised but quite frankly colin i I didn't care for it very much You, you, you didn't like it no, it was fine. He's a good guy, blah, 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 whatever. Like, it's totally cool that like he had a panic attack, but if you're going to write an article about being unstable, leave it to the big boys, all right? <laughs> I'm sorry you missed your three-pointer, Kev, but uh, I've been in therapy since I was six years old, and uh, I wanted to kill myself when I was eight. Tough news about your rebounds, though. <laughs> That's some finely hewn sarcasm. Pretty interesting... Uh... You know, it's it's fairly new to have anybody come out and tearfully talk on Oprah about wanting to kill yourself when you're eight. Mm-hmm. It's that's pretty recent. Yeah, that celebrities would do that and was hailed as you know a step forward. Now you got people who joke about it and that's their whole thing. He goes on, like Kevin Love is a handsome, rich basketball player. Okay, his uncle's a Beach Boy. All right, the worst one, but it's still sick. <laughs> He's got it all, man. He doesn't need my one thing. You know, like, let me have that. Or trade me uncles. You know, your uncle's out there touring, making the world a better place. When I was six, my uncle took me camping, and then it started raining, and I heard thunder, and I crapped my pants in the rain, and then I told my uncle what I did, and he punched me in the face. And then my mom told me not to tell my dad, because my dad would kill him, and then my dad died like a month later. But again, sorry about your free throw percentage! Wow. I mean, that's pretty... Somebody turn on the lights. Isn't that dark? Or is that good? Is that great? Is that a step forward or something? Uh, Yes. Yes. Yes to all those questions. And it's dark as hell. (sighs) But I'd rather have people think they can say it out loud than that they got to keep it secret. Right. And, uh, well, like I said, I I think the idea of, of a character whose whole thing is, I'm really mentally ill. I've yeah. tried to kill myself many times. I'm on a whole bunch of different drugs. Yeah, my upbringing was horrible. That's my thing. Mm. Is is interesting. And then, so I'm looking at this, and I, you know, I'm not trying to turn it super serious. Although it's hard not to turn it super serious when you look at this teen suicide rate up over the last ten years. Over the last ten years, 
the, how is this not the number one story in America? The teen suicide. Because Trump is trumping long Trumpily. Over the last decade, teen suicides are up 70%. Good Lord. Over the last decade? Well, from 06 to 2016. Close enough. Why, why, why is this not the lead story That's in what I'm America? Saying. I mean, it is the front Our page. Our children are dying. You'd think that could get a little attention by their own hand. It's the front page of USA Today, but it's just like the headline, and then you turn inside for the details. But mm-hmm. yeah, you think there's something going on either with our physiology or society. Or both. When teenagers are killing themselves that much more than they, over that short a span of time. Mm-hmm. I mean, something either changed in our brains, or the culture changed radically, or both, and they came together somehow Yeah. Um, for the suicide rate to go up that much. Almost nothing is one thing, and I have a feeling it's a multiple, there are multiple factors, but you know, we've got a society where people aren't living lives of purpose, they're living lives of pleasure and amusement. You've got, you know, the, the cruelty, the utter cruelty and shallowness of, uh, of uh, social media, which we've discussed at length. You have, you know, you have affluenza and the things I just mentioned, which then lead to more problems that get prescribed drugs, some of which have side effects, including suicidal thoughts, suicidal tendencies. That is all absolutely true. I wouldn't disagree with a word of that. Also, I've got a kid that's got diagnosable mental problems. I know so many people that do, and when I was younger, nobody did. Right. So what's going on there? No way. It's just the things I said. There are other factors at work, too. What's going on in the brains of human beings now? Is it something in the water, literally in the water? Is it some fire retardant that's all around us in our homes? Cell phone waves. Who knows what? But there's something going on. Contrails. Um, (laughs) Sorry. Well, who knows? It's uh, it's It's troubling. It's not contrails. (laughs) That's one thing it isn't. (laughs) (laughs) It's troubling, though. I mean, severely troubling. So with the, the... the anecdote that you provided with the the people that you know, you there seem to be a lot more people with these diagnosed things. Is could that again only a small variable in it? But is that just more awareness of what these things are? Would those some people it, some in smaller towns be. just kind of be dealt with without getting the the clinical diagnoses? Some of it can be, but man, there were like when I, when I well, was a but kid, if we're talking about suicide, I mean, it's easy to diagnose suicide. Right, right, the person right. is dead or has attempted it. Yeah. But just, well, yeah, the reason I brought up that angle is just what's going on. There's obviously something going on in the brain. I think, I mean, you know, that can contribute to that. I've I've brought that up before to people who study this sort of thing, and they get very angry about that idea because I guess they can prove it's not. I don't know. Hmm. Um, They can prove what's not what now? That statistically things are much different now than they were before. Uh, I don't know how you would do that. The weirdo of old, the weird kid of old, is not necessarily the autistic kid of today, and those numbers have changed. That's what I'd like to know. I brought that up in a crowd of people who study that sort of thing one time, and they went ape-ass on me. Well, (laughs) settle the F down. Uh... Yeah, so anyway, what's coming up in your news, Marshall Phillips? Well, one California city rebels wants nothing to do with the sanctuary state laws. There Could you go. Could this be the beginning of a trend? Certainly. And it's science to be happy, really, really happy. Clean your house. Coming up minutes from now, Armstrong and Getty. I am. Work. Work's good for you. You know what would make me happy if you clean my house? The Armstrong and Getty Show. <laughs> You know, one of the-
of the great things about this job is all I have to do is pose questions about complicated issues, and I don't have to come up with any answers. But Very handy. I thought it was interesting that two of the subjects we covered in the last hour, we, we, we talk more about mental illness. It's more out in the open now than it has ever been, yet the suicide rate is exploding. Um, and we have more fact-checking going on in politics now than we've had in my lifetime, yet the amount of facts is way down. Yeah. yeah. So in both those stories, you know, we seem to have more awareness, but it's going the other direction. And in our discussion of the post-truth world, I didn't have time to get to the the, the point that post-modernists, which is a lot of your social justice warrior types and your far-left people, uh, for some reason it's usually on the far-left, they claim that there is no objective truth. And any claim to that is just trying to support the, the hierarchy. The truth is what we say it is. It's a very Maoist thing. It's been seen in history plenty of times, but they deny any objective truth exists. You well, postmodernist. I, so, uh, I don't know how you survive in that world, but anyway, that's a well, complicated you, thought. You won't survive in that world because they will hunt you down and kill you. I won't survive in many worlds. Mm. It's difficult to craft the world. In a world where Jack can survive. So we got an unfortunate breaking news story. Let's get to the news with Marsha Phillips. Yeah, there's been a shooting at a Maryland high school this morning. It uh, was a Great Mills High in a town about 50 miles outside of D.C. Uh, two people were shot there in critical condition. The shooter is dead. The school resource officer engaged the shooter and reportedly brought uh, brought him down. Wow. So the cop on hand did what the cop yeah. in Parkland was supposed to do and limited it, in this case, to, to two serious injuries. And yeah. those folks yeah. are still alive as far as we know. Right. And it's impossible to know, but is the difference between two dead and 17 dead just that simple. Well, one guy engaged, one guy didn't. I would point out that every police force in America, after Columbine, said we go in immediately. Well, so, including the guy in Florida, he right. just didn't do it. Right, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, the assumption is a pretty safe one that yeah, that right. limited the casualties. Right. Of course. Yeah, they haven't released any of the identities of any of the people involved, but again, it was the school resource officer who stood up to the shooter. Wow, hero. All right, the president unveiled his administration's plan for attacking... I want to know that guy's name, not the shooter. Right. And I don't want to see some super cool Facebook uh, picture Are you kidding? of the There's, shooter. They're scouring his Facebook page right now to or come up with photoshopping one together. The coolest picture they can come up with. The president unveiled his administration's plan for tackling the opioid epidemic yesterday. He was in New Hampshire. He was Which calling... gets to the mental, you know, thing also. Why do we need this more than ever? But anyway, yeah. go ahead. He was also calling for tougher punishment for those trafficking in highly addictive drugs. It's a terrible people, and we have to get tough on those people. Because we can have all the blue ribbon committees we want, but if we don't get tough on the drug dealers... We're wasting our time. Just remember that. We're wasting our time. And that toughness includes the death penalty. You know, is there more, Mr. President? Initially, I thought, oh, he's going all Duterte on us. But if you're selling fentanyl on the street Mm -hmm. and it kills 12 people, what's the argument against the death penalty? Unless you're just against the death penalty. I have no problem with it, really. You know, there's a theory, but the the enactment of the death penalty is pretty difficult. There was a story in the New York Times a couple of days ago. It didn't get much attention at all. There are five doctors, five of them that they know of in New York, who are getting six-figure bribes in several cases in return for prescribing millions of dollars worth of 
inhalable fentanyl. Oh, geez. For people, whether they needed it or not, getting paid by the, the big pharma. Wow. I'm not a paranoiac. I don't throw around those terms a lot, those buzzwords like big pharma, but this is utterly indefensible. It's astonishing, and it's hardly getting any attention. You know, I'll, I'll zap that along to you, Hanson. We can post it if you want to read about it. During that uh, discussion on uh, cracking down on opioids, Trump went after sanctuary cities as being part of the problem by harboring drug dealers. Every day, sanctuary cities release illegal immigrants, drug dealers, traffickers, gang members back into our communities. Trump also saying we need to build a wall that would help keep out some of the dangerous drug dealers and dangerous drugs. Meanwhile, you've got leaders of a small Southern California city that have given preliminary approval to an ordinance that goes to exempt the city from a state law that limits cooperation between local agencies and federal immigration agents. In other words, well, oh, go ahead. In other words, they don't want to be part of California's sanctuary state plan. So they're saying if a state can essentially uh, excuse itself from federal law, a town can essentially excuse itself from yes. state law. Yeah, How long with- will it be before a homeowners association in that town says, "Oh yeah, here's what we're doing." And then we have a block-by-block immigration policy all across America. Good effing plan. Los Alamitos City Council voting 4-1 to one for that ordinance last night. I'm moving there immediately. What, what's the argument, though? I mean, how, how does the town not get to decide how they want to handle it if the state gets to, yeah, like Joe just said? They had public comment on both sides. They debated it for quite a while. They went ahead and voted for it. they got a second vote coming up uh, in April. Then so. you and your wife disagree. This is a sanctuary living room. Well, this kitchen <laughs> is not any damn sanctuary kitchen. <laughs> all right, my friends. It is Science of Sorts, a new survey. Because a woman's in the kitchen all the time, Joe? Is that what you're saying? But I casted her as the conservative, the hard-nosed conservative. So, uh, anyway. A new survey is... Although I could use a sandwich. Wow. A new new survey has found that for each hour of cleaning you do per week, you will see a 53% boost in your overall happiness. The researchers polled 2,000 people. They found every hour of cleaning you do will give you that kind of a boost. 80% 80% of people said they feel more relaxed when their home is clean, 77% feel more focused, 72% sleep better, and 72% say they're more productive. Now, there's no there's no doubt about it. Plus, just doing physical labor is right. good for you, and that's some of the only physical labor that exists for a lot of people is cleaning your own house. Right. Are there truer words than idle hands or the devil's playthings? Oh. A busy person, as long as you're not insanely oh. busy. Oh, what a feeling to be dancing on the ceiling. Uh, that's a rival, <laughs> certainly. Certainly, I grant you that. I mean, if you're busy, yeah. and, and especially working physically, you have no time or energy for absolutely mental nastiness. Getting back to the whole mental right. illness thing. Right. We're designed to get so much physical exertion every single day. And right. If, you know, how much less of all the different problems we've got in society would we have if we got more physical work done. And in a slightly related story, the school districts of America are ordering children, especially little boys, to sit still all the time, which is the worst conceivable plan, such as the level of stupidity in modern America. Back to you, Marshall. There you go. That's a wrap. I'm Marshall Phillips here. I'm starting Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. Why do we have so much stuff today? We just got too much stuff for one show. It's busy work solving the problems of the world. I mean, I'm looking up at the TV. Oh, yeah, North Korea. At some point, the president's going to meet with that guy. What? Too much news.
I like your uh, earlier idea. The government needs to limit the amount of news every day. Right. It's to the important stuff, according to the party in power. What a feeling. Oh, to be boy. what? Yes. Oh. He's a judge on American Idol this year, right? Deservingly so. He, they heard this song. <laughs> like, we need this guy to be our idol maker. God, he had so many great, great songs yeah. that he wrote and sang. And like this one. And then this. <laughs> right, Sean. <laughs> and this one at the top of the heap. If it's the most popular, that means it's the best. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Cynthia Nixon today announced her bid to run for New York governor, and she debuted her campaign slogan, Nixon 2018, no relation. <laughs> so that's the least attractive girl from Sex and the City? Yes. Why would you okay. go there? It's the redheaded gal. Why don't you say that? Wow, the misogyny around here is tough to take. He's right. I think everybody knew what I was talking about when I said that. Oh, my only goal was to identify who that was. That sandwich was delicious, by the way. Wow. <laughs> um, I'm going to bring this to you just because this uh, was put in front of me at some point. This is from 1998. 1998 New York Times. Ken Starr doing the Robert Mueller thing, investigating the president. In this case, not Trump, but Bill Clinton. So, This is from the New York Times. <clears throat> The White House broadened its attack today on Kenneth W. Starr, the independent counsel investigating accusations involving President Clinton and a former intern, calling Mr. Starr corrupt and demanding an independent investigation of suspected leaks from his office. Paul Begala, a senior White House political advisor, accused Mr. Starr of, quote, using the sweeping powers and unlimited budget of his office to conduct a politically motivated witch hunt of the president and to intimidate witnesses into testifying against Mr. Clinton. Duh, wait a minute. Wow. Wait a minute. You can't fool me. That is You al- just changed the date. You're talking about Trump. That's almost as if, you know... You had made that up. <laughs> it was like a Mad Lib, where the only thing you had to change was the date and the names of the people involved. Unbelievable. Yeah, no kidding. So Word for word. So, yeah, well, it is what it is. So, Yeah, it is almost exactly word for word. They even used the term witch hunt. But she's a witch. That's right. <laughs> she needs to be hunted. Yeah, it's something. <laughs> Bill Clinton attacked the, uh, the the person running this the special counsel to try to undermine their credibility. Right. Called it a witch hunt the same way yeah. Trump is doing with Mueller. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I, I already know it's going to happen. I've seen you the know, future. That's handy. Well, I didn't want to tell anybody because I didn't want to freak out. How long have out. I got to live? <laughs> you got I that? don't want to have that. No, I haven't seen that part of the future, but the whole. Don't buy uh, any green bananas. Mueller <laughs> inquiry thing. There's no collusion with the Russians. There's some stuff that may be slightly obstructy of justice, but not actionable, because that's a tough charge to make stick. You're going to have a handful of false statements to federal investigators. And, you know, it's funny, old Andy McCabe, who was fired 
by the recommendation of the inspector general, second in command of the FBI, perhaps you've heard the story. Uh, he gets to lie to the FBI and they just can him and he loses a little bit of his pension. You lie to the FBI, you're either going to jail or like a Michael Flynn, they make you plead out to something and grab you by the testicles and twist. Ow. But old Andy McCabe. Or, or yay. Uh, <laughs> depending on how you swing. Uh, old Andy McCabe, he just gets to lose a little bit of his bonus or something like that. And goes, that's an interesting standard. Almost makes you think that you're working for the government and not the uh, the other way around. Um, but any, oh, and, uh, and, and Mueller is going to come up with something connected to Trump's business empire or finances or something like that. And in the, uh, the way of Monica's blue dress and Clinton lying under oath, there will be some fairly serious charge come from this, but it'll be utterly unrelated to Russia and any sort of collusion. And I they heard this uh, cabal of experts on the MSNBC this morning vowing hour number one of the new Congress, Trump will be impeached. 100% certainty. There will be a blue wave and he will be impeached. He must be impeached. And they posited on Morning Jose that if the Republicans had any guts and any ethics right now, they would be impeaching Trump right now. Over what? What they are the didn't charges? Say. Um, you know, that that very well could happen. The House would impeach him if uh, Dems take back the House, which currently I guess the polls say is likely. Um uh but the Senate wouldn't convict him, so then we Not would, a chance. so we would just go through this whole thing like we did with Clinton and just eat up a lot of time and right. money and and uh, distraction and nothing will come of it. It's back to that post truth world. The the Democrats aren't impeaching the president because they think he needs to be impeached or that he they think he's guilty of whatever charge. They're signaling to their supporters, I am with you. You know, they even said on Saturday Night Live when they did that Bachelor Mueller thing a couple of weeks ago. She said, so he's not going to be impeached? And he said, well, what do you want, Mike Pence? I mean, you got to think about that argument, too, if you're a Democrat. Well, they Mike won't... Pence is way more of a conservative, the sort of conservative you hate than Donald Trump if you're a, if you're a progressive. Well, they don't have to worry about that because there's no way the Senate convicts him and boots him out. So they get to go through the exercise of signaling to their supporters oh, be fun. how virtuous and lefty they are without consequence. I Although I think there will be a consequence in the next election, but nobody gives a crap about the next election. Hope and that'll I, be good for talk radio. And also, people aren't necessarily railing against Trump because they don't like his political policies. They just don't like the embodiment that is Trump and how he presents himself to the world. Are you saying he's super douchey? Is that what you're <laughs> rambling around? That's something, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, he is. We've got a great and eloquent email uh, supporting Trump's strategies in various things and how we're missing the point, blah, blah, blah. It's Machiavellian. It makes sense, blah, blah, blah. And the guy ends up the email with saying, I can't stand the guy, but I think I see him working. Mm, so, we'll see. We will see. You're right, we'll see. Yeah, you'll see. <laughs> All right. And then you'll see who's like a, seeing what. A very threatening huh? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what I'm being threatened with. Oh, hey, by the by, we got, we, got a, <laughs> we got a lot of great reaction to our interview with the Rockland, California teacher who was suspended or sent home for daring to ask devil's advocate questions about the anti-gun or anti-killing students walkout thing, the very sort of questions you would pray your teacher would ask your children to help them learn critical thinking. Got a lot of great reaction to that. Plus, we're chasing uh, this David Kistner, who teaches math and science at a middle school in uh, in the Bay Area, California, Los Gatos. Um, David, come on the Armstrong and Getty show, dude. We absolutely have your back on this. He had announced 
in advance, like a week in advance, a quiz in a science class. And the, uh, the administration said, if you have announced something, if you have a program, keep it. If you have a test or whatever, do your test. That's fine. And then very shortly before the actual walkout, they said, no, 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 we've changed our mind. Let your kids out of the class. And he, he said, no. He said, we've got a quiz. We've got a quiz schedule. We're having the quiz. And people who left got zeros on the quiz. And so all sorts of uh, snowflakey parents and do-gooders are, are calling for this guy's head and his job. So we want to talk to you, David. If you know David, shout out. Let him know he ought to come on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Got a zero on a quiz. Like, that's something. <laughs> I know. God, I wish I could go back to high school with the perspective of being an adult, both socially and academically, so that my heart rate wouldn't go up a bit if they announced a pop quiz. Whatevs. I'll do my best. I'll Just, be all right. We got like 50 of these over the year. It says on your syllabus, quizzes are worth 8% of the grade. This is what? <laughs> 0.2% of my grade at the end of the year. I think I'll be okay, teacher. Yeah. Well, and at the time, there wasn't the grade inflation and the rest of it. Right. So you got a decent SAT. You get into the college you want to go to. We're the next one. You'll be fine. Yeah, exactly. You'll Everybody's be fine. all right. Yeah. It wasn't this feverish pursuit of status and grade point average and the rest of it. The high school shooter being shot by an armed uh, security officer at the school today in Maryland is going to be a big story, I think. Oh, yeah. Plenty of big stories tomorrow or next hour if you get the award-winning fourth hour. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show.